Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Welcome into the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Hear from those who cover the NBA on a daily basis. Let's go, New Orleans. It's Zion. Let's rattle some rims and get some wins. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Pelicans podcast. I am Joe Cardosi, joined by the mastermind himself, Mr. Jim Eichenhofer. Boy, we had ourselves a media day, but man, the season is looming upon us, Jim, and uh, now we're sort of getting into the swing of uh, the regular swing of things, it seems. Yes, and I know we're going to talk about this today on the show. I mean, we have some events in the next 48 hours. We have open practice on Sunday, the first preseason home game is on Tuesday. The only game in, in preseason in the Smoothie King Center will be Tuesday against Orlando. Thursday's game is against uh, Houston Rockets in Birmingham, so people are excited about that in Alabama. So, yeah, we're we're almost through all of the just sit around and talk about different things. We're, we're ready to yeah. proceed to the actual basketball playing, and we can start an, an, analyzing some of the stuff that we see on the court. Well, that's the thing. It seems like it's a lot of hurry up and wait. We've we've been uh, vibrating with anticipation, and now it's time to start. It was interesting to hear from so many of the guys on Media Day. Uh, it's so interesting to hear from so many of the young players that I think a lot of New Orleans fans are going to love. Jordan Hawkins, a lot of fun. I, I just think like it, it maintains the philosophy of the team. Not only are they are they uh, just, just cohesive as a team, but they're just fun guys, and I think this is going to be a fun season for a lot of Pelicans fans to follow along with. Yes, once again, just like last season, I mean, this is a group of very personable, very approachable guys. Um, we've talked about before, we have a few that I think would make the all-NBA interview team yeah. that would be easily selected for that. But really across the board, it, it, you know, some of the guys are maybe less uh, elite in interviews, but still very solid across the board. I feel like... The entire roster is very enjoyable to talk to. And when I got to sit down and talk to almost everyone on Monday, it was just a lot of fun. So 
Um, but ready to go. I think one of the you, – you touched on Jordan Hawkins. I think one of the big training camp storylines so far has been just the development and just watching the progress of yeah. him and Dyson Daniels, obviously two players that were picked in the lottery over the past two drafts. I think I've heard a lot of talk in the media sessions about Jordan Hawkins and his shooting ability, just yeah. the fact that he's – uh, able to come off screens. He doesn't even really need to have his feet set. He yeah, can shoots kinda... on the move very exactly. well. You know? it, exactly. It's, yeah, it's exciting. And Dyson Daniels, just the, the growth that he's going to make from year one to year two. He's definitely Bulked got... up, swole. Yeah, exactly. that's exactly what I was going to say. He's gotten stronger. And I think it was Will Guillory on, uh, pract- at practice Thursday said to Dyson as he walked away, have you gotten taller? And I think Dyson Daniels said that that maybe he has grown an inch or two. Must so be good nice. for him. Yeah, yeah, that'd got, be great. I, I think I'm all done. I check yeah, I every think day. I am too. I, but, uh, but I think I'm toast. And you know what? I gave Dyson Daniels my workout routine, which is uh, eat several Slim Jims in your car, listening <laughs> to music, uh, and then uh, then walk to the door. That, See, it seems like he did a little mo- above and beyond. Yeah, that, I think he went the extra mile beyond yeah. the Slim Jim in the car thing that you've trademarked and yeah, that you've, yeah. you've tried to to put out there. And as doctors a, keep telling me, stop doing it. It's not good for you. But I have my methods. I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> Uh, but look, Dyson's—he's uh, on his own—he's uh, on his own path, and it looks like it's doing well for him. There's going to be a lot of storylines as we roll into the season that are going to develop as uh, as players sort of catch on as the season rolls, and and we're going to have to roll with that. But right now is the time for hope, and and you just look at this squad, and it seems like it's it's put together well. There's a lot of reason to feel good going into the season. There is, and, and another thing I'm kind of looking forward to that we'll probably start to see in more of a concrete fashion is the addition of James Borrego on the assistant coaching yes, staff. Good call. He's definitely going to be part of how they try to reorganize and, and come up with a, a little bit of different strategy, some tweaks at the offensive end of the floor. So kind of hard to, to get a picture of that in, you know, yeah. practices and training camp and stuff like that. But when they go up against the magic on Tuesday, maybe we'll start to see some of the wrinkles. Um, this team is loaded with offensive talent, so it's not like they need a drastic transformation or overhaul of what they do. Right. Um, but it sounds like just based on, again, the interviews that the, the players are, you know, getting used to some of the things that he wants to implement. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they finished in the bottom 10 offensively last year, which was a shocker because the amount of talent that's on this roster but how would, much was on the floor. Exactly. For how much time, you too, know? too many injuries. Yeah. You know, we've talked about that a million times. Um, so I think that's another reason to be optimistic for this year is that it seems like the way that they finished the season offensively is like the basement of what you could ever see from this group of players. Yeah, and and you feel like they're going to learn from it. It feels like they're hungry. Uh, speaking of wrinkles, uh, the the guy that that joined us on this podcast been a lot, been around a while. Uh, we know him as Big Shot. Uh, he has a legal name. Uh, I've heard people say it. I know him as Big Shot. And if you've you've been around the Pelicans long enough, you've probably seen him and been. Who's that man? Well, we're going to introduce you to him today. So let's get to the man himself, Pelicans equipment manager, Mr. Big Shot himself, David Yovanovich. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. 
smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. His, his real name is David Yovanovich, but I don't know if anyone actually Who knows him that. that. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I wanted to ask you, uh, Big Shot, too, right off the bat is, um, when is the last time anyone around here actually called you David or called you by your real name? You know, that's a, probably a good question. I don't know if anybody around here has really called me David. I don't know if I even knew that before yeah. that your name was David. Yes. It's your uh, Big Shot. Yes, most of the players uh, just... Uh, Call me David. When I introduce myself, I'll say my name, but then I tell them, hey, just save my phone number under Big Shot. It's easier that way. <laughs> uh, the only problem is, is like when they're looking for me on a rooming list, it's under my real name. And, uh, you know, some guys actually know my, my real name, uh, but occasionally guys don't know it. So, and now it's become pretty common among staff and everybody else to also call me uh, big shot as well. So, and I'm okay with that. And part of the reason that we wanted to have you in for before preseason and before we get started with games is you've actually been in the NBA now for 35 years, which I think is kind of a cool anniversary. Um, I think a lot of people know who you are and they know a little bit about your story because you've been here for a long time, twice as long as the, that I've been here, which is, which is kind of funny. But um, I guess if you could kind of describe, you know, what your role is here for people who might not be familiar. So my title is equipment manager. Uh, I kind of look at myself a little bit like uh, a theater manager or a wardrobe person for a live play. Mm. Um, you know, I, I make sure everything that the players, coaches, even referees, uh, have for the game or practices uh, are all there 
Um, I have a, a staff of people that help me now uh, because it's become so massive. Uh, Adam Mendelson and Jackson Markworth. Uh, and then also uh, about 10 uh, locker room attendants slash uh, ball boys. I'm a little old school by calling them that. Um, <laughs> but they're all there to help facilitate putting on the game. And like I said, I've always looked at it as kind of live theater. Mm -hmm. um, we, we put on a game, we don't know the outcome, but whether we win or lose, the same things have to, to happen. I, I get fired up still today for winning games. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's one of the things that's kind of always kept it fresh for me is I'm still very competitive, sure. you know, when it comes to wanting to win games every night. And before we go too f further, I'm sure there's people, when we talked about your nickname, can you kind of quickly tell us the story of what's behind that? Because I'm sure there's people that are curious. So my very first road trip with the Charlotte Hornets in 1989 was the last road trip of the season. We went on a three-game trip. We played in uh, Indiana. We played in New York. And then we finished in Philadelphia. We won the first two games. And I was really... I wouldn't say I was at this point wet behind the ears, but I was I was really intense into the game. And we won the first two games. We were down one with a few seconds left to playing the Philadelphia 76ers. And uh, we there was about three, four seconds left in the game. Uh, our coach was Dick Carter at the time. He was diagramming a play. And the players were all sitting down you know, watching him diagram the play. And Rex Chapman looked up, and it just happened to be the 76ers mascot was standing right next to me as I was, like, intently watching the play being di diagrammed. Well, the, the mascot was rolling his stomach. He had a snout where it was coming in and out, and he was just being, like, obnoxious. Well, Rex looks up. And he points at the mascot. The mascot's name is Big Shot. And he says, Big Shot. And then he points to me and says, Big Shot. Like I was like his clone or something. <laughs> and uh, and he, we go out, hit a shot, win the game by Rex. And suddenly I have a nickname that's lasted 35 <laughs> years later. Yeah, see, I thought it was like maybe the New Orleans Soda a uh, big shot. That's where I thought about it come from. A little local uh, flavor, but yeah, that's that's a lot more complex. Yes, it's a it's a lot more complex. It just <laughs> happened to be that there was big shot of soda when we came here. Uh, people love sending me pictures of either the bottle or the truck delivering, you know, the soda to stores, <laughs> or they're at some stoplight. Uh, they'll see it. So yeah, I get some of that. I also know. In uh, I believe it's the Zulu parade. Their 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 king is actually called Big Shot, I think. Yeah. And so occasionally I'll get a few uh, you know throws from nice. people that say Big Shot nice. on it, or or have the the man with the bowler and the cigar and everything. So yeah. It, it works here, and but it yeah, just I was like, did he used to dress like the big shot guy? You know, like how did it happen? Did you just to drink a lot of the soda and yeah. never knew if it was just a soup thing, yeah, a soda so, thing? But yeah, yeah, now we know. Yeah, so it just it just happened to be that was the name of the 
the 76ers mascot <laughs> in 1989. See, so. I knew the part, I knew that there was a part where it was the Sixers mascot. I didn't know the, the additional part where you said that Rex Chapman made the game-winning shot, so that's even yeah. better. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. We, we It was our last win of the season. We won 20 games that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, people were so excited about the team there. Yeah. And at that point, we even had a parade at the end of the season. Here, here teams have parades for winning, uh, yeah. you know, championships, and we had a parade for winning 20 games and bringing a lot of excitement to the Carolinas. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted to ask you, too, you know, you mentioned your first season, 1988-89, which was the first year of the Charlotte Hornets. The year you were born, too. Right? <laughs> Just uh, so young. I wish. Yeah. Um, no, the I've talked about this to you briefly, you know, off the air, but um, just some of the differences between the NBA then and now. I mean, one of the things that stands out to me when I hear the stories from the 1980s is, for example, when they traveled, they everyone traveled commercial pretty much. There was some teams that started to get private flights and get their own planes right around that time. But I mean, when you first started, the teams were in the airports just like with everyone else. I mean, how much has things changed from that standpoint? Yeah, the travel the travel has changed significantly. And that, and that really started about, about 1991, 92, uh, where teams all had uh, private planes. Um, when, when I started initially, we didn't have one, and so we flew commercial, which meant you had to get up early, take first flights out. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the players had to carry their uniform or their shoes to make sure they had them on the plane yeah. so luggage didn't get lost. But things like being on time for airplanes w- was was normal. There wasn't a lot of delays and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd still have buses waiting on us when we arrived. Um, you know, players uh, had to pick up, you know, some of their luggage. We threw it on a cart, put it underneath a bus. Mm-hmm. Now we travel, we have a truck, and, and players don't really touch their bags. And... Uh, it becomes pretty uh, massive today compared to the way it was then. Now we're like a, you know, like a small army right. traveling. And back then, it wasn't like that. We we had a head coach, uh, three assistant coaches, one trainer, and an equipment manager. Mm-hmm. And then you had 12 players. Right. Uh, the media would travel along as well, but that was just... Uh, the TV, you know, the TV personalities, mm-hmm. and probably the producer and the director. Right. Then, then you know, you you may have your beat writers that would travel along with you as well. Your newspaper people, the Jim Eichenhoffers of the world. <laughs> yes, and but they didn't travel with us, say on the buses. They just would would fly commercial mm-hmm. so they could get to the same places to do their part sure. of it to the part of it. Right. So it was. It, it was very small. Mm-hmm. Now we travel, uh, you know, we don't have 12 players, but we can have 18 players. Mm-hmm. And uh, we only, we have, you know, close to 12 staff members uh, instead of just, say, three or four. And we have, you know, six to eight trainers slash performance staff yep. um, as well. And and now my, my assistant goes with me because he handles the travel as well. So the two of us handle... Not just equipment, but you know, we he takes care of all the travel part of the details. So it's become very massive. Um, you know, we owned a plane for a long time, 
And now uh, we've moved on to a, a service by Delta, and pretty much all the teams use them. Maybe a handful don't, but it, it's a it's an amazing thing to see what happens amongst all the teams. And to kind of illustrate the the way the situation was, you know, people talk about how tough the back to backs are for NBA teams and. They've done, the league's done a, a good job of reducing the number of those. Yes. But back when the teams were flying commercial, you, you didn't fly out. after if, if you had a back-to-back after the first game, it wasn't like you could fly out because you had to take commercial flights. So you're, you're talking about the next the morning of the second game, you usually had a flight at like 6 a.m., right? Yes. So you would try to get the first flight out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you would be, you know, say you were going from uh, – LA to Portland, well, you would probably catch a flight uh, before, say, 8 a.m. in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd, you'd land maybe two and a half, three hours later. Uh, then you'd go to your hotel, and then you'd go to the game probably about, you know, five, five o'clock. Right. And, uh, you know, where now we bring people, a lot of people who were in shifts back then, you just all went together. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, you know, maybe I, I would go over early to make sure everything was set up for the players so they could go and get into the locker room. And then we would spend the night, you know, post-game. But, yeah, it was a lot It was a lot more hectic. The travel's hard even today. Uh, people don't realize that, you know, some, some, some nights we'll get in at, you know, 1, 2 in the morning, maybe even later, like when you go to Denver, mm-hmm. very long bus ride after you land at the airport. Yep. So it could be it could be some, you know, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock nights. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, there, you may have to play a game the next, you know, the next day. Right. Yeah, I, I, it's funny because there's been a couple instances in the last few years in the NBA that, I mean, going back, every year there might be one or two times where a team can't fly out of a city and then they have to fly in the day of the game and everyone makes it yeah. uh, makes a big deal about it, about how oh, what a huge inconvenience. But it's funny to think that really not that long ago in the scheme of things, you did that every time that you had a back to back. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's interesting. Uh, I, I didn't see this. This It's a little bit before my time. But, you know, they used to play three and three nights. We've done that a few times mm. uh, in uh, in the years that we had. Uh, lockouts right. or strikes or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call those. Yeah. Labor, and, labor, labor disputes. Labor yes. disputes. <laughs> and, uh, and so we had to do that a couple times. And uh, and that's really difficult. Mm-hmm. That was very common in like the early 80s yeah. and late 70s. You know, mm-hmm. the Knicks would be playing the, wizard, the Wizards or the Bullets back then. They may play them Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and yeah. then go on to another, you know, city afterwards. Yeah. So that, so yes, the the travel not that long ago, yeah, was was hard as well as it is now at times. Well, I know you're locked in now. You've been, you sort of, you know, you have your own system, you have your own uh, assistants and whatnot. You you've been here a while, but as the season looms, I know Jim and I. It changes our entire schedule. Obviously, it's going to change your entire schedule. You still get the butterflies. You still get like, how am I going to handle it? How is this season going to go? Or are you still just, or are you just locked in from so many years ago? You know what? I I, I would say there is still uh, jitters about doing my job yeah. and, and being a part of it. I, I think it's a, it's been a positive in some ways um, because I uh, I want to to be as sharp as I can. Uh, it 
it's weird as I've gotten older, I don't sleep all that well. So uh, <laughs> I, uh, I get up early and I come into work um, and I don't mind staying. I enjoy being here. Uh, you know, there are days I need to crash and take a nap or yeah. something. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I get very excited. I'm very excited about the, the upcoming season. Yeah. And, uh, and the, being around the players is always exciting. Um, one of the things for me, I'd say, is I, I always wanted to be an athlete as a child. I, I grew up uh, wanting to be a professional football player, believe yeah, it or not. It does to some degree. Yeah. yeah. And so the way I look at it is, you know, through the years, uh, you know, people have given me the opportunity to, to still be a part of sports. And, uh, and, I've, and I've loved every minute of it. Uh, I'm very grateful for Mr. and Mrs. Benson to, you know, take care of this franchise because I feel like this franchise is like part of my life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, I, I see the players as, you know, I want them to all be successful, but I want us to be successful. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, it, it, it's, it, it means a lot to me, you know. Well, what's the process like when you, when there are new players brought in? And, you know, obviously the, the people that have been around the team a long time, they know you. Uh, but, I mean, is it exciting for you to get to know these guys, get to know their preferences, that yeah. sort of stuff? Yes, it is. It, it really is exciting. Um, you know, during I really enjoy, like, summer league. I like being around the young players. Uh, I like getting to know them. Some people you get to know easier than others. Sometimes sure. it takes a while. Uh you know, I, you know, a few years ago, uh, when Nikhil uh, Alexander Walker w was drafted, here's this young man, you know, 19 years old from Virginia Tech, um, and we still we still exchange texts today. We still talk. That's great. Um, you know, you know, I look at him like he's part of my family, sure. and uh, and so, it, you know, for some people, I think they they probably keep it professional. But the, I want to be there for the players and be supportive of, of them, not just in my job, but like, hey, if, if something's happening and you need someone to talk to or you need someone to talk to about, you know, just the issues of your day, feel free to come into my equipment room and we'll talk. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I want them to feel like my door is always open for them. I don't want to put you on the spot because I've been in this position before where people have asked me, you know, who are your favorite players that you worked with and it's hard for me to ever kind of narrow it down with even the amount of time I've been here it's hard for me to narrow it down to you know even like five or six guys but I mean I feel like I've seen you interact with guys that have previously played here that are on other teams that you have good relationships with I mean what's you mentioned Nikhil Alexander Walker who we all loved such a good dude and you know yeah. easy to talk to and stuff like that but I mean how, how rewarding has it been for you to kind of just develop the relationships that you have with some of the players that have been here, even going back to, you know, 10, 15 years ago, who might still be in the league. Yeah. You know, it, it's funny. I, when I see some of the, the players on other teams, uh, say like Chris Paul, Anthony Davis, I don't see, uh, I don't see a player that's the enemy or whatever. I see a player that was part of our family mm -hmm. and, uh, and I've always looked at them as you know, part, part of my family in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. I don't see I don't see Chris Paul uh, as just a basketball player. I know about his 
his brother, I know about his family, I know about his mom and dad, and, you know, to me, Chris is, is family. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, I want to see them be successful, but when we're playing them, yeah. I want to beat, beat them. <laughs> I don't care who they are. Right. Uh, and I tell them that, you know, hey, you have all the luck in the world, but tonight. And, uh, and so I don't ever want to see him get hurt. I don't ever want to see any injuries or anything like that. Um, and I still, I still reach out to the guys, uh, that I have their contact information and I'll, I'll, I'll congratulate them when something successful happens and if something, you know, uh, bad happens. I reach out to them as well and just say, Hey, hang in there. Things will get better. You'll get healthy or, you know, you'll, Tomorrow will be a better day. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's very interesting. You know, I'll go to Miami and I'll see someone like Alonzo Mourning, and uh, and it's amazing. You know, he hugs me, and uh, and I can remember him being drafted. You know, like it was yesterday. You know, it's funny. I think uh, maybe a month or two ago, I found this Twitter website that's called um, NBA Cobwebs, and basically they show. A lot of stuff from the maybe 70s, 80s, and 90s. I found a video on there of the Charlotte Hornets lineup introductions from, I forget what year it was. It doesn't matter specifically, maybe 1992 or whatever. And it was funny that in the video, and I didn't even notice this, but in the video, you're you're standing at the end of the, the um, starting lineup intros. And when the guys are running through. Wearing Zubaz pants or something because it was 1992. <laughs> it might have been, yeah. it might have been, I don't remember <laughs> that part of it. But um, it's just funny how much... Um, maybe more informal the NBA was back then compared to now. Um, but, I mean, you, you mentioned the competitiveness that you have and just the relationships that you, you develop with players, how much you enjoy that. I mean, what, what do you think is the most um, kind of rewarding part of, or most fun part of your job, of the experience that you've had over the last 35 years? You know, it's, it, it's funny when people ask me that. I always say it's the little things about the job. Um, I love being in the locker room pre-game with the players. Mm -hmm. uh, I love, you know, the days when I would ride the bus with them to practice and, uh, you know, shoot around, things like that. Um, it's really a lot of the small things. Um, you know, it, it's seeing Trey Murphy come into my equipment room Monday morning and just asking me how I'm doing, you yeah. know. Uh, yeah. You know, people, people don't see that side of the players. Um, you know, I see them when they have colds and I see them when they're under the weather. I see them when they're hurt. And, uh, you know, I've always looked at my job as being supportive of them and the coaches. And, uh, and so the reward is to see the success they have uh, and the success we have. Now, I know people will say, oh, you know, we, we, ha we haven't, got to the mountain yet, yet. You know, but but the but the battle is to get there and we're right. going, and we're going to get there i said i wasn't going to put you on the spot but i might slightly here by asking you. you yeah coming in in the back end um the what do you think is is do you have like a favorite memory or favorite moment that from your time here maybe it's related to the team's success or just one thing that kind of stands out that you look back at you know, it, it's it's interesting. I don't know if I can say that there's one. There's probably a handful uh, of events. Sometimes the events maybe that we got a player. Uh, you know, when we got CJ, 
Um, yeah. You know, you 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 may you, you may you you're, you're disappointed that maybe you traded players, but sometimes that may be the best opportunity for them. Sure. And so we get a player like CJ, and and people, you know, my colleagues for the Portland Trailblazers tell me, oh, you'll love him, and and I'm like, okay, that's great. He tells me that, and then after about a month of being around CJ, I love the guy. Yeah. You know, uh, I love his professionalism. I love his openness. I I love that you know we can talk about pretty much about anything, um, and so. You know, that was a big win, you know, to me. And and he's really elevated, I think, everything around here. Um, you know, it's, I could say that. Uh, you know, there was, we, we had a chance, you know, once, when Chris was here, we were playing the, you know, the Spurs, and we were up, you know. 3-2. 3-2, yeah. and then it was 3-3, three, three, and yeah. then, mm-hmm. you know, Janeiro Pargo takes a shot, and, rolls around and doesn't go in, you know, and, uh, and I thought the future was really bright. Yep. Uh, I, you know, that's probably, you know, was really cool. I've, I've seen this a few times. Um, you know, when, uh, when Byron Scott was coaching, uh, we went on a road trip and it was a six game one. And we won five of them, and like the only loss was to like Cleveland, but I thought we should have won the game. Mm-hmm. And you know, we came back home, and I thought, oh man, we're 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 good. we're really good, yeah. we're really good, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you know, like last year, even you know, we were playing some games in December and January, mm-hmm. and man, we were on a roll, and I thought, you know, we were really good here. Yeah. And unfortunately, things happen. Yeah, and seasons are long. Things yes. happen. The ebbs and flows. Exactly. Is so unexpected. Yep, exactly. So to say that there's specific moments, yeah, there's some, there's some things that are, are downers too. But you just got to you got to move forward. I've always felt like you just got to keep moving forward. And tomorrow's another day and another game. That's the one good thing about our sport. You know, we play 82 games. Yeah. And... Uh, and you just have to take them one at one one at a time. You mentioned CJ in terms of Portland said he's a great dude, and you, like you said, within a month you loved him. One of the things I definitely wanted to ask you too was about was this group of players. I know you've had we've had so many good dudes here. I the, the experience I've had in terms of the players. I used to cover high school and college, and I think on average my experience with the players here has actually been better than than those athletes. No offense to upstate New York athletes, but um, can you kind of talk, I, I think I've heard you talk about this a little bit before, um, just the collection of guys. And I think, you know, Joe and I will talk about this from yeah. the experience that we have of dealing with them, but I feel like, you know, this better than anyone because of the position that you're in. Just what, 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 it, what the experience has been like, especially in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, I, I would say, uh, David Griffin and Trajan Lingen and Swing Cash have done a great job of, of assembling a great group of guys uh, that that you would that you would like if you didn't have anything to do with basketball. Mm. Um, from you know Zion to uh, Bi CJ, obviously the three you know leaders. You know you could go down to uh, Trey, Herb, uh, Jose, um, JV. I mean 
Naji, all are, are, are really good guys. And they have great chemistry amongst themselves. They like each other. They hang out together. They love talking to each other. And that, I think, it is what makes this team pretty special. Now we have to go play games and win games to show everybody that. And, uh, and we have a great group of coaches, uh, starting with uh, Coach Green and his assistants and the, perform and the performance staff. It just, you know, you have to take it one day at a time. You can't get too down if you lose. You can't get too high if you win either. Mm -hmm. you just, it's, it's the one thing I've always felt about life in the NBA is we're running a marathon here mm -hmm. with 82 games. And the, diff the difference is we're not trying to complete the marathon. We're trying to win the marathon. So that means we're running at a hectic pace. We're running, you know, four and a half minute miles, five minute miles. And, uh, and we're trying to win the thing. And, uh, and it, you know, it takes a, a group effort to do that. I think one of the things that stood out to me at the end of the 21-22 season is if you didn't know anything about basketball and you just looked at numbers on paper, you say that team won, I think it was 36 games, got into the playoffs or the play-in. But to me, in all the time I've been here, that might have been the most popular team in terms of the players, which says a lot about you know how likable this group of people are. Um, and it also, you know, you mentioned December of last season when this team was in first place in the West and they beat Phoenix on that one weekend, two games in a row. You're sitting there thinking, like, I, I was, for myself, obviously, things turned in the, a different direction in January with all the injuries. But yeah. at that point, I was thinking, like, ima imagine, and I'm still at this point now, I'm like, imagine what this could be if they yep. continue to play at the level where they were at when they were, I think, maybe 19-9 and nine or something like that. Mm -hmm. Their record was combined with just how, how lovable and likable this group of players are. I feel like that's one of the biggest reasons why, even though we've gone through more than our share of adversity and bad luck and bad breaks that we still feel like when I think back, think about that weekend in December and where the team was, it just makes me excited as we go into the season. Yes, it, it really is exciting times. Uh, you know, we have, like I said, we have a good group of guys. They want to win. They, uh, they, they, there's a drive there. Um, everything is going to, to work. I, I'm convinced of that. But again, like I said, it, it, people have got to be patient, and it yeah. is a, it, it's a long season, and you have to, you know, be patient, and, and everything will hopefully will work itself. Yeah, trying to preach patience early right now before we start the Pelican season. It's a long season, and, and like you said, it's it's an easy team to root for, and, and we're grateful for that. Here in New Orleans, we're, we can be a little parochial. We can get a little defensive of our guys, and this is a great group of guys. It's it's great to see them do well, and I'm just looking forward to the season. I think now we know the, the great guy behind the great guys that we like uh, on this team. Great to get to know some of these stories, and uh, and we're looking forward to another season seeing you being busy, but uh, hopefully enjoying the downtime while you can, Rick Shot. Well, thank you. I, I'm, uh, you know, it, it, I'm already quite busy, Yeah. Uh, so there's not a lot of downtime uh, from here on out, but I'm, but I'm real excited about it. Uh, the upcoming season starting. Yeah, well, we appreciate you taking some time to join the Pelicans podcast. Thanks a lot, man. Fun stuff. Lots of tales from the days of yore from Mr. David Yovanovich. We know him as Big Shot. 
Um, and and you know what? Uh, here we go, man. It's uh, so much to look forward to, and uh, and I am just punching meat uh, in my home as we speak. Just just getting ready. I don't know how many of the fans out there are punching meat as you are, but be. they are getting ready for Sunday's open practice in the Smoothie King Center, which is something that I wanted to talk about briefly. Yeah, get there. Yeah, this will be fun. I mean, they're expecting a big crowd. I think the lower bowl should be filled for this. Uh, we'll see how many people um, come. I mean, they definitely there definitely was a lot of demand for this. There was a lot of people that submitted that, that they want to come and watch, get the first their first chance to see the team in person. It's always a fun event, Yeah, and um, I'm looking forward to it. It's at 5 o'clock on Sunday. The Saints are actually playing at noon, so they should game should be over by 3-ish. You'll have plenty of time to scoot over to the arena. After you're lubricated. Yes, exactly. And join us in the building. Um, but uh, I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do. If we're ho- Hopefully we'll see some scrimmages and stuff like that. Right. But there'll be a plenty of fun activities. Surprises will abound. You can count on that. And the players always do a good job of interacting with fans. I remember Trey Murphy specifically. I mean, there's a bunch of guys. But I remember yeah. him specifically kind of walking into the edge of the crowd and signing autographs and taking photos, doing selfies with people. So that's yeah. always a fun part of it. Um, Basketball-wise, I mean, I feel like especially since this team has returned the vast majority of the same players. Right. We don't need to in- sit here and introduce, you know, Zion Williamson and CJ McCollum and guys like and Brandon Ingram, guys like that. Yeah. Um, because everybody knows about them. I feel like any podcast can cover the stars of the team. Sure. But I wanted to just briefly kind of go through. Here's a few names. That's what you come here for, the gym foe. Here yes. So a few names of guys that you might not know who they are initially – um, I'm sure they're going to do some kind of introduction at the beginning of the event so you can kind of attach a name with all of the numbers and all of the faces down there. But um, three guys that maybe kind of added later to the roster that you might not be familiar with. Um, first one is Trey Jemison. He actually went to UAB. He's a six foot eleven center. Yeah, I knew you would like that, Joe. Yeah. Um, he played for Phoenix's summer league team this year and averaged eight points and seven rebounds, so he's pretty productive. I like how athletic he is at the size that he is, at the height. Seems like they value that here, yeah. just the versatility, athleticism. Yeah, he has an NBA body, so, I mean, we'll we'll see uh, what he can do. I think people will be curious to watch him. Um, Malcolm Hill is a uh, guard, shooting guard. He's actually played a total of 24 regular season games in the NBA over two seasons with the Bulls and the Hawks. Um, one of the most interesting kind of tidbits about him that I actually tweeted about Friday morning was he and EJ Liddell are actually from the same town in oh. Illinois, population 41,000, not a super large place, yeah. but um, they uh, they were r- really happy on media day to take some photos together. That's and great. They actually put up their signs for their high schools because EJ went to, it's called Belleville, Illinois. He went to Belleville West and Malcolm Hill went to East, so they had, they both, you'll see in the photo that I tweeted that EJ put up like three fingers for to signify a W. Right. And Malcolm put up three fingers sideways to signify an E. So just a little kind of fun story. A lot of high school pride, man. I went to South Lafouche and boy, our rival was Central Lafouche because they live 10 miles away. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that, that stuff runs deep. Yeah, maybe the same deal. And then the third guy on my list, um, Kaiser Gates, he's a two way contract player. So I, he would. Most likely he'll be spending or splitting the season between Birmingham and here. Right. Um, he actually has another teammate connection. He played um, one season at Xavier in Ohio with Najee Marshall in ah. college. 
Najee has talked about how Kaiser Gates is this great three-point shooter, and Gates shot 55% on threes in the G League last season. So he's, he's been in the G League multiple seasons but and shot well from three, but last year was like his breakout year. Where, yeah. I mean, to, to I think he took about five threes a game, so it wasn't like you know he was – you know, 11 for sure. 20 on the season. He, the 55% that he shot was pretty high volume. So last year was his breakout year. I'm curious to, to watch him play in preseason games. And I, I really like the way he looks. He's already just in like training camp and practices is one of those guys that when he lines up an open three from the corner, all the players are like, that's going in. So, Good. so yeah. it, it, he's a, uh, he's been impressive. So I'll those are, it. those are my three players kind of under the radar that you can pay attention to in Sunday's. Flow. Open practice. Yes, you need to pay attention to those. These are some fun storylines. This is going to be the time where you start to see who's going to stick, who's not. You, you see all these dynamics. And look, if Najee Marshall's got your back, I believe in you. Because Najee, I, I just hope Najee's got my back. If anyone ever steps to me about the podcast <laughs> in the uh, parking lot, you know, we got to deal with the podcast haters uh, right. all the time. You know, right. I just hope Najee can come over the top and uh, help me out. Uh, but uh, no, no haters yet. The season is young, Jim. We're going to win the people over. And I think the Pelicans are ready to roll, my friend. They are ready to roll, and by the way, I think if we told Najee that somebody was starting stuff with us in the radio studio, he would promptly arrive yes. and handle business. Yes. We are back, baby. Tell your friends and pals every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Mr. Jim Eichenhofer and little old me, Joe Cardosi, we will be bringing you the Pelicans podcast with guests, sound, news, so much more, maybe some surprises. <laughs> we will talk to you once again on Monday. Until then. Go Pelicans. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Join us three times per week on Pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast. What's up, brother? This is Trey Murphy with your New Orleans Pelicans. I'll say regular one, fine. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios, and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.